Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to The Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens and where we grow together. Tonight we have the fantastic Vicki Joe coming to us. How are you doing, Vicki? Really good. I'm so glad that we get to have you on the show. I met Vicki quite a while ago, and we've talked for quite some time. And we talked about her coming on the show before I went on my, um, what I'm calling a sabbatical, but it was basically a, um, a scream for, I need help and I, I need to take a break. <laughs> um, and, you know, now that I'm taking it a little bit slower, um, she asked me, she was like, um, are we going to do this or what? And I was like, absolutely, let's do it next week. So she was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so, you know, Vicky's book, um, I read and I and I had to get a copy for my sister and I had to get a copy for my mother. But Vicky's book, My Sanity Quest, uh, Tears, Trials, and Triumphs, when I read it, it 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 struck me in in places that that was really quiet inside of me for so many times. Uh, Vicky, welcome to the show and welcome to just this amazing journey that you've been on your entire life. I, I don't know why I said welcome to this amazing journey. I mean, you've been on it. Not me. Why would I say that? Because <laughs> you're wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> We've got this whole, like, um, this back and forth. We, I like to call Vicki my friend because we connected from the moment that we talked. Um, and we were saying in the green room before we came on that, we didn't have to be fake. We didn't have to do the um, hold things back from the moment we started talking. And, it, and it's great because she's an authentic human being who has had to live through a life of so many things going on. And I'll let her talk to you about it because through this sanity quest, she is a mental health advocate and she does speak. Um, she does a lot of speaking engagements to help people understand what those who suffer through trauma go through in that world. Um, so Vicki, can you tell us a little more about your journey as well as what you speak to on that, that realm of trauma? Well, the first thing I wanna say is it's absolutely noticeable that I have some movements on my face or on my mouth area those are caused by some psychiatric medications that I took over the years. It's called tardive dyskinesia, and it isn't a, a mental illness or anything like that. It's just a reaction from medicine, especially like Haldol, medicines like mm. that. So I just 
CJ and I were joking earlier. It's not like I have a big wad of bubble gum in my mouth or anything. <laughs> I love how open you are about that because when you were you were telling me you said you know some people like to stare at you or look at you and wonder what's going on, and I said, well, just tell them, tell them what's going on because that that's, that's another thing through your journey that was brought upon you that you didn't ask for because of the trauma that you experienced. And and I love that you're so open about it. And you're like, look, hey, this is a part of me, but it doesn't define me. I didn't ask, I didn't answer your question. Oh, wasn't, I forgot what it was. Ah, tell us about your journey and, um, the things that you've you've experienced throughout your life that brought you along this journey. Well, it's hard to difficult. It's difficult to know exactly where one part of this journey started and one ended because um, I would be more apt to believe that my childhood trauma is what caused me to have PTSD or any other kind of trouble because that childhood was full of, I was sodomized for 12 years by my dad. And my father tried to kill my mother. Like it was like a regular event at our house and just craziness. So at 12 years old, my mom married another man and our life became absolutely wonderful. And I never even thought about the past. It was just gone. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, like I said, it was about five years. And then I, I had a diving accident while we were tubing down the river. And what happened was is I wasn't able to talk. And I felt really weird. But, I mean, I wanted to say that I, that I was having trouble, but I just, I... I had my brain wasn't attached. My mouth wasn't attached. My brain, it just didn't work. And when I went home, I'm positive my mom knew something was wrong because I talk all the time. I love to talk and I wasn't talking. And she sent me to my room and made numerous phone calls. And before you know it, I was in psychiatric care. I, I got so upset after I got done writing this book and realizing that, you know, I should have been in a hospital. I had a concussion. I know it was a concussion because I researched later and I went through so much psychiatric trauma, needles, um, needles of Thorazine, seclusion rooms locked in when I was 17 and the journey just, they called it bipolar, but I know it's not because those aren't the symptoms that I have. I really believe that I, that it was PTSD. And I also believe that by writing my book, I've been healed from that. Wow. And I just, I've, I've read, I've read the story and I mean, I hold this book really near and dear to me. We've talked and I, I've talked about my, my mother and my family's history through the mental health journey and how people just don't pay attention to those screams for help. They, they put it off, they ignore it. Um, they don't help people. 
when I was about eight years old, my mom had a friend who was institutionalized and we went to visit her. And what the facility is no longer there. It was shut down because of many, many reports of abuse. Uh, there was rape, there was um, people dying in the facility, people being brutalized in the facility. But we went and visited her and it was very scary in there because the people walking around um, over medicated, not taken care of uh, and things like that. But visiting her in that facility was scary to me. And I think for the rest of my life, I was always scared to talk about my, the things that I felt inside of me because I was scared that I would be put in a place like that and forgotten because Wanda was her name. She had talked about, you know, they forgot me in here. They're, they're, they're keeping me in here, but there's nothing wrong with me. Um, when, when did you feel that you were ready to write your book, that you were ready to come out and talk about your story and the things that you had went through? Well, I've actually been ready for a really long time, but my son kept prodding me and it was about, it was about, uh, I started about two and a half, three years ago but I stopped. I, I actually ordered all of my psychiatric records from every single psychiatric hospital that I could remember. And some of those state hospitals were closed. There's no records available. Like I wish I could get records from the first one. But anyway, it was about probably two and a half, three years ago, I started it. And then I had to stop several times because I kept getting hospitalized. And the last time that I was hospitalized, I was put on a medication for bipolar depression, which I don't have. And I was so messed up that I could not write. I, I couldn't even use a pen and write my name. When people would, when I would call my friends or they would call me, I couldn't speak, I couldn't talk, I couldn't write. I couldn't, I couldn't work on my book. I was. I get paralyzed after I've been in a psychiatric hospital. So finally one day I was able to continue. I had started it on Google Docs on my phone and I was given a computer and set up and all of the sudden I could do it. It's like all of the sudden I was okay and I got out of that bed every single morning like Shannon Whittington, I don't know if anybody knows her, but um, she taught me a whole bunch of stuff at this little this little teaching that she had. And that is to, to work on your book every day. And I seriously was so out of character when I was writing this book. Every single morning, grab a cup of coffee, eyes half open, and I had my assignments for what I was going to do what I was going to work on. So every day I would get up and I would have, I have all planned out and I, and I worked and I worked and I worked four hours, six hours, sometimes the entire day. I just, I was so driven. God just gave me this driven, just drive and this purpose. And then one day my son asked me, do you have a deadline? <laughs> and I said, yes, I plan on having it done by October 15th because I'm coming to visit you on the 23rd and I'm going to have to tell you that I'm done. 
Wow. That's amazing. I, I think all of us authors want, want that drive. I don't, I don't think most of us have it. <laughs> so, so you might need to start doing some classes for us to help us learn that drive. Hey, actually, a friend of mine got a hold of me and asked me if I would help her, you know, wow. guide her through writing her book. That's really cool. I need to send her a bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to start making somehow. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Can you describe to us what it felt like knowing that you were alone on this journey without anybody in your corner to basically rescue you from always just being thrown to the wind? I don't, I'm not quite sure what you're asking. I do know what I want to say. Say it. Well, when I was really little, my mom had my brothers and I um, kneel at our bedsides. And she, and we would say this prayer. And part of it was, part of it was like, keep us alive. And basically keep us alive tonight, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started learning about God. And through this whole thing, I've never went to church, never went to Sunday school, but I always had belief that he was there. I always really felt like he was there and that he kept me alive because I could have, I was in some pretty awesome, pretty poisonous, whatever, dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. I really, I really um, give him the credit for keeping me alive. I told you there was going to be tears. You were supposed to get tissue. Well, you wouldn't let me go. <laughs> That's very powerful because your belief in that, your faith in that is what brought you here and bringing you to this, not just this show, but this place in your life, the place that you're at right now allows you to speak to people, to speak to organizations, to speak to the universe out there to say, you can't take me down because there's something higher than what you're trying to do, pushing me to a place to allow my voice to be heard. So the voice that is Vicki Joe, what are what are you saying to people to let them know that you you're not your diagnosis? You, what what do you say at those skated engagements? <clears throat> Well, normally what I say is part of my back of my book cover is that my sanity quest is the story of how I realize I'm not the lie, the abuse, or a mental illness. I've learned to detach myself from those labels because it's not my true identity. It's what happened to me. Is that what you were looking for? Move for whatever you want to tell me, Vicky. <laughs> I I want to share this. I I I get up in the morning and I look in the Bible. I do a little praying. I look in the Bible. Um, I'm not a religious person. I do not believe in denominations and churches and things like that. But I found a verse in there the other day, and this really explains it all. It's kind of long, but it goes like this: I cried unto the Lord. And he inclined his ear unto me and heard my cry. 
and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. So I just, now I'm going to cry. Um, but it's so real. I believed in him and I never knew anything about him at all. Really? Nothing. Yeah. I try to, I do try to give, I do try to give some credit. I don't sit and, um, you know, recite the Bible or anything, but God has got to give a little bit of credit. Um, I mean, I have to show because that it's so important that he was there the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I've been very vocal about my faith as well. I, I'm. I don't do um, religion as a whole because I believe that man created religion. Faith is something way more powerful than religion. Um, I, I read the Bible because it's what, what I believe in, and my God is way more higher than religion. Um, but God is God is there for sure, you know, and I think that you, you, you have to believe in what you believe in, so I think that we're kindred spirits in that belief system. We're definitely kindred spirits. Now you you also sing. Now I've heard some of your songs and you have a very lovely voice. Now where did the singing come from? Where did that start for you? It it just it just came. Um there is absolutely nobody in my family that has any musical talent whatsoever. My stepdad did um, you know when I was twelve and they Got married and stuff like that and he did he did kind of help me along brought me to singing contests you know I was 16 17 I was making like a hundred bucks you know winning these contests but before that it was choir I was in choir as I was you know like fifth grade through 12th grade um one day I so wanted to sing in this church we moved by this church in those five beautiful years that I had stability. Um, and I asked if I could sing a solo. And so I started singing. And I sang, I sang mostly in, well, I sang karaoke. I sang in bands. I was in different bands. Like the lead singer of a country band traveled around, um, you know, stuff like that. And um, I had a singing telegram business for 27 years. I would, make up stuff. I would get involved from the person I was going to sing to and, and I would just walk up to them cold turkey and just sing and make people laugh and make them cry and make them oh my gosh. And <laughs> fun. Yeah, and you talk about that in your book, actually. You talk about that a little part of that, that um, singing telegraphs in your book. I remember reading that and that was, that was fun. I actually enjoyed that part. And your website has your songs, a lot of your uh, songs on there, right? Yeah, I was asked by my speaking coach, or I was asked by my speaking mentor, I have so many people helping me that it's uh, all, unbelievable. But he goes, why are your songs on there? And I said, well, I said, in my book, um, through my stories, my lyrics are sprinkled through my stories, and at the beginning of each lyric, it says, if you want to listen to the song, go to Vicky Joe Sings. So that's why they're there. Yeah, it's a powerful part of who you are, and I think it's 
very integral to understand you and your life and the progression of your life. And I, and I think it's beautiful. And not to mention you have a beautiful voice. I've listened to all of them because while well, I read the book and it was like, if you want to listen to, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go listen to that. I mean, so obviously. <laughs> I don't have any analytics on my website, so I have no idea how many people visit, but it is nice to know that one person. Well, yeah, I'm sure other people have. So can you tell us about the picture on the, the front cover of your book? Um, well, um, I have, he's not my dad, but I asked him to be my dad many, many years ago. And he and I talked about that logo thing on the front of my book. I shouldn't call it a logo thing. Um, <laughs> the artwork. And I wanted, I was, I was so persistent to do my own cover because everybody said, if you write a book, you cannot, do not make your own cover. It's like forbidden. So I had to do it. I just, I just <laughs> had to do it myself. Than you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so we decided, oh, I had all these funny things and horses and squirrels with flashlights looking for their sanity and all these fun ideas for this book cover. But, um, I, I knew I had to have a galloping horse. I just mm -hmm. love horses. You can see them in the background. They're like, you can't see all of them, but anyway, so it was going to be a horse and it was, you know, and, um, I, I can't remember if, if, um, if Dale said something about the moon and he was just keep it super simple, just keep it super simple. So that's how it ended up that it just ended up like that. And I used ink tense pencils. I love using ink tense pencils. You use, you, you use it like a regular, like it looks like a colored pencil and you, you fill in the part with the color you want. And then there's a water brush and you squeeze it and the water comes down to the tip and then you manipulate this and it turns into ink. When you know, you, I'm starting to wonder, is there any talent that you don't have? I mean, that's, it's beautiful. I wonder if people, let me make sure people can see it because I can't draw like that. I can't create. Mine would have been a blob. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Like it, it, emo it brings emotion to you. When you look at the title, it says my sanity quest and then you you see a galloping horse with a woman on the background and it's running free in the wind like she's running to grab her sanity running to get something that that she desperately needs that's why i did it that's why it's tearing that's why it's running really fast because that was hopefully what i was going to portray or get a, get the point across that I was looking for my sanity. By the way, I found it. <laughs> you found what? Oh, you said my sanity. I I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this for those of you who are having like intrusive thoughts, you have PTSD, uh, veteran or no veteran writing down your trauma works it's a miracle you get it out of your head you get it onto the paper onto the computer and hallelujah nothing in your head <laughs> empty head left 
<laughs> it's a it's a wonderful process. Um, I you know I I quite often free write when I'm feeling frustrated. I'll free write and I'll just write. And sometimes I'll be like shit 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 fuck bam fuck bam fuck you know because I'm frustrated and I'm angry and I need to get this rage out of me. I didn't then, expect that. <laughs> yeah, I so I told you I'm, I'm a little bit of a weirdo. And then I'll just write it, write it, and then what what is the cause of the frustration will start to come out in I was doing this today and nobody noticed that I was in pain or nobody noticed that I was crying silently in the bed last night or something, whatever, you know. So I mean once the frustration is gone, then the core of what is going on will come out. And that's that's why I, I you're absolutely right. That, that writing part is, is very, very important. Well, I wrote it in that article that you let me write an article in the author's Porsche magazine. Mm, I, said, I said that um, what happened was the trauma was, was released from my head, right? It, and what happened was that allowed me to think clearly um, discern my thoughts. Um, let me tell you just for a second, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, social stigmas, myths that need to be dispelled, um, misconceptions about mental illness. Well, I have been told the most craziest things that you would not even imagine. I'm having a manic episode because I'm angry, because I'm talking too fast. I'm having a manic episode Soon I will be in the hospital because Vicki, you are getting sick. And um, I had, you know, some of these thoughts, especially anger, you know, because I was angry. I was angry at my mom for not taking me to a hospital. And I was just angry, you know, and I felt angry and I, it scared me. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I getting sick? I, oh my gosh, am I, I seriously called the mobile crisis team because I just wanted to, you know, talk to somebody and find out. There was not a doggone thing wrong with me. And CJ, I really don't think there has ever been a doggone thing wrong with me. I think I have been lied to. I have been forced lies on to be made sick. I think the medications, the crazy medications, all of them, they just make you have a different state of consciousness and make you act differently. And I have had it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm not going back. Yeah. No one is making me go back. That's good. Because we need you here. We need you here talking about this and, and ripping the bandaid off of that stigma so people understand what people go through in order to find their sanity quest because if we talk about it more we can we can help we can have the conversations we can you know when i talk to my because i go once a week and i talk to a pain psychologist and before that i talked to a regular psychologist to help me deal with my transition from the military because it was extremely hard for me my whole identity belonged in there and now I go to a pain psychologist to talk to about how to live with pain because it's never going to go away, basically. So 
And I say, and they ask me, well, what type of therapy do you think will work for you? And they say, I want cognitive behavioral therapy because it's, it's learning how to train my brain and under, it's learning how to understand what I'm going through so that I can figure out how to modify my behavior versus, oh, let's just take a pill. Let's, let me understand what I'm feeling, sit with it, and how do I react to it? Because when I can talk through it, I'm going to understand it and I can learn how I want, how I want my life to be. So for me, that's helpful for me. And I think if more people would conversate about it, be open to conversations, then there wouldn't be the need for medications and institutions and, and things like that. And people like yourself wouldn't have had to go through years of, even more years of trauma from the initial trauma. One of the really wonderful things that has happened as a result of that book, the police department requested a video from me with my perception of mental health crises. Mm. And I was able I'm telling you, I had the captain of the police department, a sergeant detective calling me. We put your note up on the um, lunchroom wall. We have your book. We see mental health crises in a different way. Now we can understand more clearly what you're going through. And then I went to the fire department and I felt like part of the community. I've never ever felt like I've been a part and I just have so many wonderful things to say and now I've got a speaking engagement coming up for um, mental health providers good so I've had I've had mental health providers mental health consumers fire department police department and EMS and then I'm going to start charging I'm sending do you, notice, do you know what a CRM is? Depends on what context it's in. CRM is a customer relations management. Yeah. Um, I've been, like I said, Sean Douglas, he's getting the shout out like how many times here, but he told me about <laughs> it. I um, I have like a hundred, hundred, it's like names, addresses, names of companies, who to contact. I send out cards to them. I send out follow-up letters. I call them. He's teaching me how to do all this. Um, I am so like on the, right on the edge of, of getting somewhere. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Vicki. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So on top of the speaking gigs and, and the book, what's next? I would say human trafficking awareness. The what? Human trafficking awareness. Mm. But that's really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But there's other things that are more fun that I really need to do. I'm <laughs> illustrating another children's book. I've already done one. Um, I actually have two more after that. <laughs> um, wow. The thing of it is, I don't 
know what the heck. I, I, I'm focusing on this, on making this business, the speaking business with these books. And um, it's just like when I was writing the book, it's all I could think about. I don't know where my singing went. I don't know where my songwriting went. <laughs> I don't know. I tried to make an illustration and I ran into a difficulty trying to figure out what to use to make what I wanted to make. And I don't know. I'm spending time um, doing my 12 steps of staying as mentally well as possible uh, and my plan of action and keeping my house clean and getting to, you know what I mean, taking really good care of myself. Um, you know, I'm going through, I just went through surgery on my toe. I'm going to go through surgery on my deviated septum. Try, trying to be patient. And you know, what is next? I hope that Stickman Fishing book is funny. It's funny that when you put the illustrations, my grandson inspired me. We were all painting. And he said, Grandma, can you draw me a Stickman Fishing? He had just painted his boat. <laughs> and yeah. so I painted this Stickman, stickman fishing, right? With the fish on the bottom and everything. And then he goes, how about a horsey too? Oh. My illustration is over there. Oh, um, it's this big orange funky shaped looking boat. And it's got four stickmen standing on the edge and they're fishing. And then it has a horse head, which has a blaze, a white blaze down the front of it with yeah. a fishing pole, but I can't paint the fish. It's on a bumpy canvas and I don't know what to use to make the fish. <laughs> wow. It's, it's funny. The The story was written by Dale and I, my dad and I. We, well, it's a, and then I think I, it's cute. It's very captivating. It's really funny. The reason why, I mean, the, the lyrics that he wrote they were going to be a song we were gonna i had the story and then we were going to have the song and so when you get the book you can listen to the song somehow mm. but i ended up using the song for the story <laughs> it's, really, it's really cute and it's really funny to, i mean i i look at the illustration and i just i'm, I'm so delighted with the way it, it's funny to see a horse yeah. that's awesome and where can people grab a copy of your book or get in touch with you for any speaking engagements or to learn more about your journey? Well, you can buy my book on Amazon uh, always. Um, I ask, I always ask, if you buy a book on Amazon or, or wherever you get it, will you please go on Amazon and review it for me. It is so helpful to get reviews on Amazon to keep your book forward. Also, you can go to my website, which I would be, you can see Chris's work. Um, it is pretty. Um, it's called vickyjoe.com. So it's V-I-C-K-I-E-J-O.com. 
and you can listen to my music, you can read my reviews for speaking and where I've spoken, you can read about the book, you can hear all my, you can see all my mental health um, statements that I've written up that took me three months to condense. So I can't think, thinking about adding a second page video, <laughs> videos and stuff. It's just one long page. Oh, and um, Dave and Ginger with Really Designs has, we have a store on my website so you can order my Sanity Quest mugs and black or silver gray t-shirts. Yes. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> so I've had a great time talking to you, Vicki, and I know we've got a lot of audience members who have chimed in here. I'm going to pull up some of their comments real quick because you can see um, some of the wonderful things that you've been getting some comments on. Renee Dennis Simmons says you're helping others to talk about uh, this topic. She also says, bless you. We've got Elizabeth Johnson here with us tonight. Joanne Angel Berry Cologne. Renee also says being misdiagnosed is a huge issue. You're absolutely right, Renee. It, a lot of people deal with this, uh, not only in our country, but I think the United States has a huge issue. There's other countries that mental health itself, you just cannot talk about it. They're, they're, to those countries, mental health just is not, there's no such thing. Um, and in some cultures as well. Joanne Angel Berry Cologne says, what an amazing journey. Renee says, you have definitely overcome a lot. Um, God was there for you, even though you didn't know him, he carried you. It's absolutely beautiful. And then Suzanne says, you're doing a great job, Vicki. Suzanne Everson. She's my friend from Arizona. Oh, bless. So you've got some friends here with you supporting you and um, other comments. And I put your website here on YouTube and on Facebook so the viewers can click on it. And then, of course, when this goes over to the podcast format, they heard you. So they'll be able to click on it. So this is the point in the show where if there's anything, a topic that we didn't touch on, I give you the free realm so that you can talk about anything that we didn't bring up before we head out for the night. I was in an adult foster care home, and I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm simply going to say I got out of there, and I still had to go. I was on mental health commitment, court committed. So they had control over me and where I went and what I did. But I ended up getting out of the whole thing. And I got a <clears throat> advocate of the year award and <laughs> for getting, for standing up to the mental health um, people, my case manager, the medical model and all of that. I'm not trying to brag. I'm simply trying to go into the topic of self-advocacy. I have been, I have had nurses put tons of wrong medications in my medication machine. And I call the county and tell them. And I said, I want to fire this person. It happened like three times. 
and he gets me new providers. Um, if you, uh, if you need help or if you just feel like talking to somebody because you just can't take it, you, you really need to let it out. Call somebody, try find a warm line, call somewhere and find out a number for a warm line, call a crisis line. You do not have to be having a severe crisis to call a crisis line. Those people are willing to talk to you. Find somebody to talk to. Don't give up. Don't give up until you find somebody. People want to help. And be honest with your providers. Be honest. If you've quit taking your medication, call and tell them. They're not going to refuse to have you as a client anymore. They want to help you get back on track. So stand up for yourself. Ask for help. It really works. It's scary, but it works. Yeah. Super powerful, Vicki. I love that. Self-advocacy is, is huge and, super, and very important. Thank you so much for your words, for your, your spirit, for everything that you stand for, your journey, your sanity quest. By God, like, where did you come from? You know, like I sit and I, I go, we we need more Vicky Joes to show us the way because people like even myself that there's still things on my journey that I haven't dealt with because the stigma, because the fear. And I look at you, this wide open book, literally, who has fought through it all and said, I stand here, open, ready, and willing. You can too. And it gives me so much inspiration. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for sharing your journey with all of us. Writing it down. I cried so many tears reading your book. I know that everyone else would. Go grab Vicki Joe's book. It's over on Amazon. You can get to the link through her website. And if you have any questions, you can also message us on the author's porch and I'll send you the direct link if you need it. Vicki, thank you again. And we will, I know that we'll have many more conversations just because who we are. So you guys, we'll see you next time. Bye, Vicki. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.